and that really that's when it exposes you the most to yourself because you're like oh my gosh why do I care so much about this thing that's where all my insecurities come out you're triggering me right now Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the A Word podcast. Today we're going to talk about self-image and the various ways we can battle with ourselves personally, physically or in the workplace. We believe that the best way to tackle insecurities is address them head on. So join us today in staging some personal interventions and learning how we can navigate the world feeling enough. We chose to do this episode in a Q&A style, so we took to our stories and asked you guys some questions, and what we're going to do throughout the episode is answer those questions with your answers and give our inputs. Um, the first thing we're going to start off talking about is imposter syndrome. Here we are, first stage of the intervention. So we asked you guys, do you experience imposter syndrome? Um, and the answer was 82% of you said yes. Um, I don't know if I find that surprising or not. I guess it, it's quite, it's obviously very high. Um, so definitely something worth talking about. So I'm going to do my usual history with Lucy segment. Um, maybe I should come up with a jingle or something. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe I'll, maybe I'll throw one in when I do the edit here. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So talking about imposter syndrome. So what is it in a nutshell? So imposter syndrome is basically a collection of feelings of inadequacy um, that persist despite success that you achieve. So imposters kind of suffer with chronic self-doubt and a sense of intellectual fraudulence that override any feelings of success or external proof of their competence. It's kind of a battle, I suppose, with your internal voice and your external achievements in that way um people kind of are unable to internalize their accomplishments or really acknowledge them it's overweight or outweighed by their failures or apparent failures um and then essentially so it's some researchers have linked it with perfectionism and it's been identified as being something that's specifically a problem among women and academics in the workplace and also young people actually so interestingly the term comes from a study conducted in 1978 by Pauline Rose Clance and Suzanne Imes of Georgia State University titled The Imposter Phenomenon in High Achieving Women Dynamics and Therapeutic Intervention. It basically proposes that certain early family dynamics and later societal sex role stereotyping appear to contribute significantly to the development of the imposter phenomenon. Um, So we've discussed this like previously on our podcast. Um, If you have not heard any other episodes or if this is your first time, we've talked about the idea of um, basically living in kind of a man's world by men being the subject and women being the object, essentially women have more bars, standards to reach. It leaves them with a feeling of kind of always having to be like a perfectionist, um, having to meet a lot more criteria because they're going to be judged more. Um, So that can explain some feelings of imposter syndrome um, because 
they can feel like they have to achieve so much more. And if they don't do that, then they might not feel good enough to be in that space. Um, and yeah, it's research is expanding. So in a to show that millennials, young people um, have imposter syndrome, they found there was a 2017 survey that found that a third of millennials have imposter syndrome because they feel intimidated in the workplace. And obviously this can be expanded um, by being a member of other minority groups too. And that was actually highlighted to me um, in my Insight Timer course. Um, if you don't know, we promote Insight Timer all the time. We're not we're not sponsored, like. <laughs> but there's a course by Dr. Aja Gooden, and she does one on imposter syndrome. And she highlighted how it actually the term was coined from looking at women who did not validate or identify their accomplishments. Um, and there are various examples. I mean. It, do you feel like this is something that you have experienced, Halima? Imposter syndrome. Um, yeah, <laughs> literally like all the time. Um, I think especially when I have too much time to myself because it's so easy to just like dwell over all the little things and then just like be living your life and then you come to this hole and you're like, wait, what am I actually doing? Or like, I don't know, like for me, it, it kind of resonates. It comes to light in a really existential way. Mm. So I'll just be doing everything. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, who do I think I am? <laughs> like, what am I, what am I actually doing? And I'm kind the, of like and fake. The, am I a phony? Exactly. <laughs> and like, there's that whole idea that you're tricking everyone else, that you're this person who can do all these things or like, you're just kind of fake it's like a fake it till you make it kind of thing where you're tricking everyone that you belong in this space but you don't want people to look at you long enough to know that you know you act like what are you actually doing here like who are you oh my god um, so that's interesting so do you feel like the the fight to get into spaces or make it into spaces makes you do you feel like you question the things you do to get into those spaces and then you feel like you question yourself as a person you're like um, yeah sort of it's not even the trying to get in spaces it's existing in spaces and then feeling like wait do I actually belong here or like should I be here but I think that's also to do with the thing like the whole um actually no I think it goes two ways there's one way is like existing in a space where other people are very different from you so you're mm -hmm. like oh wait is this space for me um or like yeah I, well I get that with like work um I say because like at work most of the people I work with are actually yeah I'm the I'm the only like black women woman on my floor at work which is probably why it's been really nice working from home as well um but it does make you question like why am I here like no one else here looks like me but I guess mm. there are like a lot of women so there's that but again like it's not enough um but yeah that's why I had to join the like diversity and inclusion group at work oh, and right. I've been like roped into yeah this is it again I've been roped into it just like fell into my lap I just fell into um being the head of um Black History Month so I'm organizing like all the events and I never joined it 
thinking of actually like doing something it was more of like being on the sidelines or doing the little things I can do to help but um I don't know I think they all just kind of assumed oh yeah you're a black woman you can do this Mm. (laughs) like I never initially volunteered to do it it was just everyone there was like yeah we don't feel like we have we don't feel like we can do it um we don't feel like it's our right to do so um so I just like took that role that I, I always do this I took that role and I was like yeah I'll do it guys and now I've got like all these stuff organized and I'm like I, I don't I don't remember intentionally doing this but they're gonna realize one day that I'm not a good leader oh, no. <laughs> but it's one of those things I wasn't even thinking about that before this episode I just thought about it right now um which is weird I was going to talk about something else but yeah. yeah I get it all the time even with like the work the work I do like the art I make the yeah I always feel like wait is this actually good enough but mm. it's an aspect of imposter syndrome feeling like you're like tricking people like mm. you're you're managing to make them think that you're this talented or this clever and and then you're going to be caught out or something um mm. I so I came across an article that talked about some general examples of imposter syndrome, um, mostly in the workplace. But for me, I I could really resonate with it, like, honestly, too much. Like, my imposter syndrome is definitely something that is it thrives in um, my in the workplace. Um, it's something I'm battling with currently. So this is definitely me kind of reading myself right now so um come along this journey of of feeling so savaged by yourself with me um but so we love this level of self-awareness though, yeah so. we're about to reach a higher existence together it's gonna it's gonna feel brutal but come with us so some uh, some examples I just wanted to briefly mention if you feel like you're not fully still not fully understanding of what the term encompasses there are some examples of what an imposter syndrome could look like so the perfectionist is one of those um people that set excessively high goals for themselves and then when they fail to reach a goal they experience huge self-doubt and worry about measuring up basically um and then there's something like a suit there's the superhero um um feeling which is basically people who are convinced they're phonies amongst um real deal colleagues and then they often push themselves to work harder and harder to measure up believers laughing (laughs) (laughs) but do you know what this is just a cover-up for like a false cover-up for their insecurities and the work overload may harm not only their own mental health (laughs) why are you doing this (laughs) but their relationships with others it's interesting there's an asterisk here and it just says at the bottom Halima. <laughs> this is this is actually really rude. <laughs> really rude. And, um, I feel like I fall under oh, like here a we few. Go. Here we go. Here we go. Imposter workaholics are actually addicted to the validation that comes from working, not to the work itself. Hmm. I I relate to that massively. Um and then it's basically saying about how you should train yourself to veer away from external validation. Um there's also another example is the natural genius. Um, oh. So these people, they judge their competence-based ease and speed as opposed to their efforts. So they, if they take a long time to master something, they feel shame about that. Um, I massively relate oh to this gosh. right now. I've just 
so so personally I've just started a new job like two weeks ago and when I got the job I literally my first thought was I don't know why they've given me the job <laughs> despite um, the fact that you've like worked really hard and you're really clever and you're really good at this but like yeah yeah but in my brain I'm like this is a mistake <laughs> they've, they've got the wrong guy <laughs> you've tricked them yeah <laughs> I've fooled them somehow <laughs> um and then um yeah and I've I've always struggled with this I I've always felt like if something takes me a really long time to understand or just mm -hmm. a longer time to master than somebody else that that somehow makes me less than them or not good enough to be in that space basically and I do oh, literally yeah. I, I would feel the shame I'd be like I, I'd be embarrassed to admit I don't understand something or I just want yeah. to I want to be like perfect from the moment I start I basically don't want to to make a mistake in any way at all I want but it's to so just... unrealistic like I it's know. one of those things that you know it's unrealistic as well I get I know that it's as well and it, I think what it comes from is being um not in like a, oh I'm good at everything but like usually being used to being naturally good at a lot of things and then you come across something that you don't just pick up so easily but the problem with me when it comes to that is when I realize I'm not like I can't pick something up really quickly I tend to just like get bored like I can't I, I've mm. lost interest because I'm, I'm like this isn't for me I'm the same too and um I think it also stems from coming from a very academic secondary school because um, mm. I got thrown into secondary school and suddenly I was surrounded by so many people that were far more intelligent than me. Um, and then I suddenly felt like, oh God, like, why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> and then like, if you didn't get all A stars, like you were, you weren't as good as other people and you were kind of reminded of that. So I guess that there is some sort of shame associated with not feeling like you just you have this natural ease of picking things up um, that I've that I've definitely held on to. Um, and a great thing they say here it, to move past this is to see yourself as a work in progress. And I also would add to that just acknowledging the fact that literally everyone makes mistakes and everyone takes their time in their own way to learn things. And there may be people that take less time than you but there will always be people who take less time than you so that's just something you'll get used to um and then yeah there's a few others so there's the soloist sufferers who feel as though asking for help reveals their phoniness <laughs> mm. um mm. and then the last ex general example of imposter syndrome they give is people who it's called the expert and experts measure their competence based on what and how much they know or can do um Believing essentially oh, they'll never know I hate enough. That as well. Huh? I hate that as well because I relate to that as well. I think just all of these are relevant. Yeah, they're they're hitting some core some core beliefs here. <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah, it's basically the expert believes they will never know enough and they fear being exposed as inexperienced or unknowledgeable. So if anyone is listening, um <laughs> If you feel red right now, that means that this is something that you should probably work on with me and Halima. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's something that I've definitely really felt starting a new job. And I'm really trying to combat it because I just realized, how am I ever going to come into new workspaces or new roles or positions with more responsibility if I'm constantly feeling undeserving of them? Mm. 
it's gonna no, be true. an issue in my life but also like you don't judge other people for this so why should you judge yourself and like exactly. everyone learns you, like you have to learn you have to come from a place of not knowing first before you figure something out um Oh yes, we also asked you guys about imposter syndrome and what aspects of your life that you face imposter syndrome in and I'm going to read out the answers. Um, okay, so we had identity and life choices um, in relation to body image, which I quite liked because, well, not that it's a good thing, but I totally get that, like having um imposter syndrome when it comes to your body image because I feel like that stems under body dysmorphia and like not fully feeling like the body you're seeing is the body you're in and not actually knowing what you look like um mm. another one we had is how I perceive myself in relation to my body so like yeah the same one at work in friendships which is an interesting one as well because I don't I never really thought about imposter syndrome and um in friendships until recently but you can get that where you are in a group of you're in a friendship group and you don't really feel like I don't know I guess that people don't fully know who you are um but yeah that's how I interpret that one in my sexuality in the LGBT circle which I also found really interesting because I think this is such like a big one um, just from like my experience and like people I've spoken to about it. If you're queer in a way where you're like you date more than one, not more than one gender, like if you're like pan or like bi, um, I feel like there's a lot of mostly actually bisexual. I feel like there's a lot of biphobia in the LGBT group, but there is in general so it's not just like that it's not specified to like the lgbt community but like yeah biphobia is a real thing um university work career again we had that one quite a few times um extracurricular clubs and societies and then we had everything <laughs> which i totally understand like yeah we feel you. We feel your. We feel your vibes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand that in the extracurricular stuff too. Because if you feel like there are people around you, like if you've had to do like an audition or something to be in a club or a, mm-hmm. or a practice thing to be in a sports society, and you've seen that someone might be better than you, then you might think and you might question why you're in that space too, and be feel reminded that you're maybe not good enough to be there like I've felt like that before even though you get into it (laughs) yeah that that doesn't matter yeah it doesn't matter that you try and that you are in the same club or group or society as someone else Mm. you're just not meant to be there apparently okay well the bottom line is really it's when you say it out loud (laughs) you, you do feel silly for feeling like you shouldn't you're undeserving of occupying spaces and that you don't acknowledge your achievements you're just putting a huge bar for yourself that you probably won't meet um and the reality like we've said is that everyone is different and everyone takes their time in different ways and everyone makes mistakes and you shouldn't hold yourself so accountable more than you would anybody else so i guess to kind of round off this branch Mm -hmm. of 
self-image that we've been talking about with imposter syndrome as some kind of general tips that I've read about whilst preparing for this podcast is one of them was visualizing success um which is really great because then you can set if you do that for yourself setting personal goals and personal achievements then you will hopefully get into the habit of acknowledging like little achievements which is a really good thing it's something that I'm trying to get better at too um because then you don't just hold on to the things that you think you've done badly because we always remember those more than there are successes if you're if you feel like you have imposter syndrome so the best way is to make sure you're visualizing your success and acknowledging the things that you have accomplished in a nice way like you know maybe writing them down writing what you're grateful for in a week to have a thought about it or things some things you're proud of that you've done in a week and another tip that I read about is reframing failure as a learning opportunity I think everyone's like you know failure is a big word but making mistakes everyone does it and it's much better to just figure out what you've learned from it rather than seeing it as like the end of you (laughs) which I definitely have before Um, and also like you should consider the context of things as well I really like that tip that I came across because if you're in a position where you like myself right now where I've just started a new job it is gonna take a while for me to learn things like I know that I know that I know that in my mind somewhere it's just in like a crevice that's very quiet (laughs) that (laughs) that it does take time just to learn things I it's you know you I I don't need to put such a hard standard on myself to just be perfect and just get it all right at once because that's not how it is when you learn a new job you're in a new place new skills new environment new way of doing things it's going to take time so do you have any tips Halima anything that you would Um, add I think just for me it's just generally like remembering that everyone has this like everyone has issues with kind of identifying themselves in a certain scenario or not feeling 100% deserving of everything they have or whatever situation they're in. Um, But yeah, I think just remembering that it's really not that deep, like it's really not that big a deal. Everyone goes through it. Um, And just being kind to yourself and recognising that you have achieved things and it's okay to like feel now and then that you don't like align with something because like I don't think anyone feels confident in themselves and like self-assured 100% of the time or so that like other people aren't paying that much attention to you to recognize this yeah I find I find a lot of comfort in that Mm. and also I think just don't be scared of not understanding things that's like a particular message for myself that I'm saying don't be scared of feeling confused or not understanding Mm. because everyone feels that emotion at some point there is no human that just (laughs) understands everything first time like there's no that superhuman doesn't exist I think that's quite important as well because I feel like these days people pretend to know everything Mm. especially on the internet but they're just like repeating things they've already seen or like quickly like doing a twitter search but (laughs) (laughs) 
But yeah, okay, so we've kind of rounded off imposter syndrome. We're going to now move on to another aspect of self-image um, insecurities, basically. So, Halima, do you want to take the lead with this? Yeah, this bit is going to be really quick. <laughs> um, yeah, so after the imposter syndrome question, we asked you guys if you feel like you align with the ideal Eurocentric standards of beauty. Um, and 80% of you said, no, you don't. Um, but yeah, that's pretty self-explanatory, I don't know. Um, you know what Eurocentric standards of beauty are? It's like that very very white image of people that are portray that's portrayed to us in the media but um yeah do you feel like you align with ideal eurocentric standards of beauty lucy i don't i don't i'm i don't really i guess i do i guess i must do because it, mm. i just um i i think at times everyone might feel like they don't because bodies change faces change and sometimes yeah. you might feel like you're not meeting some kind of innate standard you set for yourself I feel like generally I I, I guess I I do um as just a white woman who's yeah I don't know I I I, I don't know, I don't really know what the Eurocentric standards of beauty are because I feel like they they're trends they they sometimes oh, yeah. change as well, um, but I feel like generally I feel like I'm, I'm I must do but then there are times where I'm like well I I don't because like I have acne or I you know mm. look a bit like this today or something like I don't know I, I so I think it I think generally yes would be my answer but there are times where I think because it it's something that I feel like is trend based sometimes it can you can feel like you don't meet it does that make sense i don't know yeah yeah no i know what you mean about trends i think it's it, it's something new every like what is it every two every three years or every like five years that it changes something mm -hmm. like that but um yeah i like obviously i don't relate to it at all but i i know there's this like pressure to be like palatable enough or like passable enough um in like a eurocentric way but i've never related to that honestly like in my life and not just because i don't look anything like that um but i and like i think because obviously like being black it's not even just being black it's like you can be a black person and have like i don't know like small a smaller nose or like I was going to say smaller, yeah, like smaller lips or have like a particular frame. But um, yeah, I don't think there's one thing I relate to about like a Eurocentric, in a Eurocentric way. But I also see that as a positive thing because I kind of feel like the further you are away from like that standard of beauty, the easier it is to disconnect and the easier it is to kind of not compare yourself to particularly women um and I've only really felt not insecure but I've only really compared myself in like a judgmental way um in spaces or like platforms where I see like other women that look like me but at the same time it's always been like from an appreciation point of view because this isn't something I see all the time and it's not something I see that's completely represented in like every way so when I do see it I'm like yes <laughs> 
this yeah. is like this is what I want to see but again when I see like standard like the ideals like um the ideal I people someone with like ideal European features or like basically I, I I've never compared my not to be like a oh yeah I'm just so far away from that I've just never felt the need to compare myself to that um mm-hmm. just because there's nothing I can do to from an early age I think I've like always just known there's nothing I can do to kind of my morph myself to look like that and I don't there's no part of me that wants to either um not saying there's anything wrong with that again it's just I I think it just really helps like from the family I come from like just lots of like really a lot of women that are fully very much um pro black pro pro their features and pro just like celebrating themselves i just i don't know i've never really i've never really related to it um it's kind of positive and sad at the same time in a way i feel like because mm-hmm. you kind of instill the value in yourselves that is not around you in this kind of eurocentric standard of beauty yeah but then it does go back to white supremacy again like trying to portray like this is right this is wrong um and it is like why representation happens happens to matter (laughs) of course it happens to matter why representation matters and why it's important to see yourself and like appreciate you and I know that like the way I feel and my experience is not the same experience for like a lot of people I just thought of like that video um when was it from was it like a year ago I really have no concept of time anymore but it was this video of this little black girl and she was getting her hair done and yeah that one and she was saying how she was ugly and started crying like and it made it brought me it fully brought me to tears and I was like what heart-wrenching things I know and for children like for someone that young to be so aware and to feel like like feel like they're ugly and I also kind of feel like it's hard for a child to be ugly um but like to have that concept of like what is beauty and like what's ugly and you're just I know it's horrible I I hated it so much I know even known what that word was like Mm. that's sad but this is what I think it's interesting because this is why with Eurocentric sounds of beauty (sighs) I get frustrated when people don't acknowledge assimilation and Mm -hmm. the fact that women of colour specifically have to fit in, they feel like they have to fit into these predominantly white European spaces via assimilation. On a note of assimilation, um, I went to school in St Albans, we both did, it is um it's very caucasian like it is very caucasian and oh, absolutely yeah it's it's where i learnt my assimilation so that's when i learned how to assimilate in my um formative years um and become like really palatable to white people so unlearning that was a journey um but i'm really happy that i've always had like really close friends i always feel weird saying of color but <laughs> I've always had really close friends of colour but um, (laughs) it's I have also noticed it's only like recently I noticed how I um, compartmentalise so like 
I have my non-white friends and then I have my white friends and I don't tend to mix them because it's just different it's just different scenes but I do have like a few like a really really small handful of white friends that are also like in the same groups as my non-white friends and it's different they're different kind of white and like (laughs) I don't know if you understand what I mean by that but um no I get you yeah it's it's different it's different and I like I like both groups but um yeah so yeah that's how I learned how to assimilate and also like unlearned it by the end of that year and there's still some things I'm unlearning but like as far as when it comes to like a work environment and like coming out like I don't know with like braids or something um I don't think I don't have any so any second thoughts towards that because that's one of the things that I don't know like within myself I'm like I don't want to ever like feel the need to like reduce myself or like make myself more palatable so I feel like I I don't know just like deep down inside it's always been this thing that that's my like form of protest like I'm not gonna do that just because this is what I'm expected to do and if I do go into a space like that and it's like unacceptable I'm really really quick to remove myself from that um so yeah I never feel like judged going to work with I don't know my braids look in some sort of way the only thing I think about when I get my hair done every time is oh gosh someone's gonna say something I'm gonna get comments like oh my gosh your hair's so cool and I get it every time or like I wish my hair could do that (laughs) if I did (laughs) if I did that um but it's never like I I guess like I know it is like microaggressions and blah blah but it's one of those things I just don't um I just don't really care about um but yeah just like commenting in general and there is like one person at work I just always remember it when I had my hair out and I came in and she was like oh my gosh your hair's so lovely you look like Diana Ross (laughs) 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 but she's like she's really lovely and like whatever (laughs) but like I look nothing like Diana Ross. This is just so annoying. I, I, <laughs> like I you really can go like, like white people thinking like all oh, black. <laughs> you it's can like Kevin Hart like... with that you say Bolt article. Where they... Oh my gosh! <laughs> they came up with that. Mis- NBC came up with that you say Bolt article, and the photo you say Bolt was Kevin Hart. <laughs> it's the height men... difference for me. Who look literally nothing alike. <laughs> Kevin Hart has never stepped into the Olympic Stadium. <laughs> He's a comedian. That was really funny. But do you know what? Whenever the thing is, that always happens in the news, especially like CNN, like Americans and stuff. But um, I don't understand because it's really, really easy to do a like super, super quick Google images search like beforehand. It if doesn't just... take a lot at but, all. I mean, they must have found that picture from somewhere. So what were they typing? <laughs> what were they where were they looking (laughs) i think it was the um because like there's like a video of kevin hart like versus usain bolt but you have to go out of your way to find that that's not the top thing you'd find when you type in usain bolt like definitely not i tried (laughs) it just to like give them the upper hand but no no, Your no, no. first internet explorer lesson is like how to Google image. You type and you would go Usain Bolt enter and then you'd find a picture of Usain Bolt. You would not find a photo of Kevin Hart. I could only assume you've done it on purpose. 
Oh. No, it, is, it is really funny because it was just so ridiculous. We were just like that dumb. Like, oh, I can't, I cannot. No. <laughs> anyway, the point is, as Helima so eloquently put, that you should, I guess, instill the value in your in your own type of beauty. Like, it's it's really challenging. Like, it's oh, a long. Gosh, yeah. We literally everyone. We we are in a society where. I don't mean to bring it to this point, but a bitch has to. But, you know, capitalism, it's thriving on our insecurities, guys. (laughs) Just, do you know what I think? I think just like finding all the bits about yourself that like capitalism has told you is wrong and that you have to fix by buying all these stuff or like using all of this, going like taking all these diets changing your body and like just like fully zoom in on that and just like embrace it like you have to you have to love that bit about yourself because like it's it's activism (laughs) it's like it is so like revolutionary to like love yours yeah and your body does so much for you I think we um I think we really really have kind of like lost the mark where it comes to the reasons why we should love our bodies um and we've really like focused on oh this is the ideal body type because look the ideal body type changes all the time depending on like what celebrities are like the most famous at the time and how they think they should look and like what trends are happening and like fashion and just all these things that people just want you to spend your money on like it's not like it's going to change it's going to change again in a few months i honestly think the trends for women's body have changed at least four times in the my but maybe since I was about eleven when I started first acknowledging that there is a market for making women feel insecure about their bodies. Like mm. I remember when I was like sixteen or fifteen, it was the thigh gap, right? Oh my yeah. gosh, don't even I was looking in the mirror this morning, being like looking at my thighs and being like, I don't really have a thigh gap unless I do this. And I'm like, Ugh. I remember when I was like literally it was thirteen and being like I'm not going to eat anything today. I'm not going to eat anything. I'm just going to eat like the tiniest things when I feel like super, super hungry um, for like a week or two weeks until I get like, <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is like looking back. I was like, that was so stupid. Like these hips were not made for thigh gaps. Like I, that that's not my body type, but it's okay to not have a thigh gap. I don't, I don't, why, what is cute about thigh gap? But, like, it's just anatomically not possible for people. Like, if you don't have it, you don't have it. You've got mm. to kind of accept it. <laughs> and also, why are you trying to get it? Like, oh, my God. Like, because the thing is, that's what you should do. You should be like, who am I doing this for? Because it's it's not mm-hmm. for me. Because, <laughs> like, we literally don't have anything like this for men. Like, why? Why? Exactly. There's nothing scientifically proven to be like, oh, this is, this is better. Like, wh- what do you mean by better? Do you mean it's more desired by like the media or like by capitalism? <laughs> Stop going on about capitalism. It is capitalism. In the nineties, the trend was being like very, very thin, and that's yeah. what like supermodels looks like. And you know, they still kind of do now a lot of the time. But and you know, like if you had a like a bigger bum that was something that was like gross and it's all like you know oh, gosh, entangled yeah. in that fat phobia that we still like have today but like now you know big butt is is oh my god that's the thing that's what the kardashians have like 
you've got to have like a tiny waist and this like disproportionately but large that's the arse. thing like again and it's then... so unrealistic like the fashion over is it fa- yeah the fa- it's fashion it's fashion over the fashion over body like huge butt thick thighs really really tiny waist but still a thigh gap yeah it doesn't exist <laughs> like how like it's just not gonna like and we're just all like it, 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 we all just try to reach this like a body standard that is just rather than just see the beauty in our own bodies why do we need to have their body to be beautiful we don't it is quite silly like the like not not to body shit is it body shaming no it's not body shaming but like that super ideal standard is quite silly it looks mm. ridiculous and for a lot of people probably unhealthy like if you're having to not eat for a long for long periods of time or only eating little things to achieve something that you think is the ideal standard of beauty that's not that's not good that's not healthy or like getting ribs removed like a lot of celebrities have had their ribs removed and i think it's so important to tell people that you've done these things because like everyone's gonna be looking at you and be like oh my gosh that's definitely an achievable thing i'm gonna do so i'm gonna like hurt myself to the extent of like until like until i look like this but it's like it's not gonna happen because they didn't achieve that look just by like diet and exercise or whatever See, that's interesting. So do you think that celebrities should always be, um, be oh, they should always like transparent. they've had like plastic surgery or if they've been using products to achieve what they've, what they've achieved physically rather than being silent and people thinking that, that, that they can realistically achieve it without the same like utensils? Um, I feel like the answer should be yes, but also... I don't think it's completely necessary for someone to get something done and then be like to the whole world, hey, I just got this done, so you know it's fake, it's not real. I just think don't lie about it. Don't pretend that this is that you got the way you did by um, I don't know, by like working out or whatever, or by taking a skinny tea because that didn't happen. I think if people ask about it, you should be transparent, like, okay, I have had this personal trainer and I do have a nutritionist and I have all of these I have had work done. Um this is not like me every day or like normally, just like all like naturally. Even some people do look a certain way naturally, so I, don't know, I think just be open about it but you don't always have to say like outright once you've had something done that you've had something done just don't lie because yeah. I think that's toxic it's just ridiculous like I'm just I just can't believe it's still continuing because it's still a thing it's still a thing that I see now and again and I'm just like all it does is make you shit your pants why do you want that like <laughs> it's your, a body, your body deserves more than that <laughs> I think we put our bodies too much when it comes to diet. But on that note, um, we're going to move on to the next question. Um, So we also asked you guys, do you have a good relationship with food? And 53% of you said yes. So 50-50. I was going to say, yeah, that's good, like 50-50. But it's like, no way, it's not. Mm. (laughs) Because like almost 50% of you don't. Um, And then we also asked you guys what the earliest age you became aware of your relationship to diet culture and fat shaming was. And on as a whole, all the answers, like all the most popular answers were between 18 to 13. We also had 15. Um, So yeah, around like 
around when you go through puberty so when you fully become aware of your body changing um someone else said when jamie oliver banned turkey twizzlers i didn't know they were banned because i remember having them in primary school and that was the last i heard of it ever they, i think they were were they good at the time i, I'd have, I don't even know what this is but honestly it's really affected this person they look, to they look, talking about it. they look basically like a spiral of meat made out of turkey was that it i think so oh my- i think i think of that Oh my god! <laughs> like well, the concept. Maybe it's a good thing. <laughs> Spirals of meat. <laughs> no, it was like it was like a twi- Like what you think? Think of a Twizzler. Think of the word Twizzler. It sounds exactly what it looks like. Turkey Twizzler. <laughs> Great. Okay. I mean, listen. This person series has clearly carried this with them <laughs> through their life. So no, but it does make sense to have. It. Yes, it does make sense to have like like start being aware of diet culture and stuff like that because like that was when jamie oliver was changing things and like the government were kind of forcing people to think of what they were eating um someone else here put from day one because their family members have always been on various diet plans and i um do you know what let's fools with that because diet culture is kind of gnarly because it makes you think that if you if you put it in it's like a really simplistic form it's a way of eating to make you lose weight that isn't permanent and and then you do it for a bit of time thinking that you would but then you you do it thinking it's going to be sustained after you finish a diet oh yeah i think it's really stupid i think it's really 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 pointless um and i remember like magazines when you're young used to publish like the kind of articles that certain sorry not articles they used to publish articles with the kind of diets that certain celebrities were on and it was like most of it was like oh but basically variations of the atkins diet and it was like oh yeah this celebrity um uses this diet basically so if you want to look like this do this and it's like what okay first of all a lot of celebrities i'm thinking like actors um they the way their weight changes it like fully fluctuates like they put on so much muscles just for like uh, so much muscles so much muscle just for a role they'll like lose it just as quickly for a role and i can tell you it's not because they are just on the atkins diet or what what is the atkins diet is that like is it like intense keto i have no idea (laughs) basically like like a low carby thing but um no, I think it is really stupid because it is very unsustainable. It's very unsustainable and it's very, like, the people it targets is very, like, not like everyone's vulnerable, but it is vulnerable people because usually it's from a yeah. very young age and I, I don't know, I just, I just find it really, I find it quite jarring, especially looking back and, like, at my relationship with food and, like, my relationship with diets in the past. And I think I'd only like diet when I was like, it'd, it'd be from like a young age when I was like, I don't know, like I, 11, yeah. 13, peaked at 13, 15, because that's when like things weren't great on the food department. Um, but I think just growing up and like, even like being rewarded by other people, like by your friends, or, like people being like, oh, you look so good now that you've lost this much weight. Mm. Or, oh you put on weight are you okay or 
don't know I just think like for me if I see my friend and like they're glowing or they look well rested <laughs> then I'm like oh you look really good I never yeah. like look at someone's weight and they're and, like I don't know determine how the well thing, they are the thing with diets I think is it puts your headspace in the wrong place regarding food mm-hmm. it's it's like a non it's not a long term it's a short term non-permanent um way of losing weight um and 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 this is the thing i think it it, it's it's more often just about losing weight rather than putting your head in a healthy mindset of i'm looking to eat healthier or i'm looking to feel better in my body i'm Mm -hmm. looking to put in some positive healthy changes into my diet to get some more vitamins or some more water or whatever you feel like it doesn't focus on nutrition at all no it doesn't and it is very fat phobic exactly it's it's like you should it's like then you just internalize that diets will make you lose weight and that's the goal and that's not a that's not the goal Mm. that's not the goal wait even though it is it is that whole like um reward system on like oh skinnier is better um Mm. it would like improve your self-worth so much more um and then you've got all these things like i don't even want to say it like it's so cringe like eating disorder forums and like people like rewarding each other for stuff like that and like i think it's not even just like those forums it's just generally doing the same job as like the media does and as like people do in society of rewarding people for being thinner or like rewarding people for losing weight and it's a very weird thing to um to point out when you like kind of deep it like it's really really weird to comment on someone's weight not in like a oh you've lost weight just noticing it but in like a oh you look better or well done like rewarding them for it Mm. um in and any way really it's kind of just not really appropriate <laughs> yeah yeah um but this why i find our next I- uh, question quite interesting too so we also asked do you think the body positivity movement is problematic and 60 percent said no but i thought mm-hmm. it was interesting that we had uh 40 of you say yes that you did think it was problematic um i'd never really thought about it too much to be honest what, whether um, it was problematic or not, or the whole movement as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I really don't have an opinion on this. So I'm, I'm. This is my <laughs> organic reaction. I'm, I really, I really haven't thought about it before. So, I mean, what do you think, Halima? What do you think? Um, I think the body positivity movement is well. I always see it as like a positive thing initially. Um like what it was set out to do and like the whole point of it and well at the end of the day it is better than the system we have now where we reward people for um being thinner and we tell people that it's unacceptable to be fat or even like saying the word fat is like an insult or like I don't know like it's always awkward when someone's like well it doesn't really happen these days anymore but when someone's like oh my gosh I'm so fat I'd never be like um no you're not like I hate that like someone calling themselves fat and you're like oh no you're not fat it's like it's a word it's not like it's a thing but um yeah with the whole movement 
I think it had good intentions at first, but I also think there are still um there are still issues with it in a way like there's like where you hear like plus size there's like a certain type of plus size that is acceptable like there's a very very it's still quite like kind of flat stomach sort of fairly toned smaller um waist. Sm- a bit yeah smaller waist usually taller um I've noticed, like, it's 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 often women as well that don't have any, like, a, a lot of fat on their face. Mm, oh my gosh, that is so and true. I, I never thought about that, but yeah, I that think is... it's really important to point out because I think that's I, I genuinely I've noticed this recently, and I think it's a genuine problem that the people that are portrayed as um, plus, like plus size, size tend to not have any fat on their face or have tiny waists because mm-hmm. that's portraying one type of being this like it's still portraying one sort of ideal body type it's like yeah yeah, you can be fat but if you look like this and as long as you like you don't have a lot of fat on your face and as long as your waist is still kind of small and as long as you look kind of toned you know but you can be fat it's okay that's what that's like when there's like so many guys are like oh it's like they're like oh well ashley graham's attractive and i'm like ashley graham i was thinking about her i was thinking about an example of this type of woman she does not she has a very slim face and she has a smaller waist and there that so it's 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 problematic because that's not they, these aren't the face of like a i don't like saying even plus size but like a group of people yeah. that are in this kind of weight category like, that's not the only yeah the only kind of fat there is i don't even know like calling her fat i don't it's just weird because it's like it's saying it's celebrating all bodies but is it it's not it's celebrating all bodies but it's celebrating one type of body in this kind of like section and um but the thing about that again is you can find spaces where they're talking about body positivity and they are like it is very inclusive body positivity it's like i'll say well people who are people who are fat but also it's not just being fat it's like all different weights different body types different body shapes yes different body like builds like abled bodies and like non-abled bodies and like non like um sorry (laughs) sorry my throat um non-binary bodies like gender fluid bodies it's just like that's that's the positive part of it for me when you're talking about body positivity but you actually mean body positivity because you're including all body types but then I guess it is like the bad side of it is the fact that sometimes you are portrayed you is usually either racially ambiguous or white woman um cisgendered um you are portrayed with that body type being like the face for body positivity um and again like it's not always achievable but i think it is like great to celebrate it as long as it's a space where you're celebrating all body types and like you're telling everyone yeah. it's okay not even to just fully love yourself but like fully just accept yourself and there is sometimes still a little bit of refinement um like you'd see pictures of women and you're like no this is still definitely photoshopped like you have absolutely no stretch marks and like no cellulite <laughs> like yeah is this real like that's what i was gonna say i was gonna bring up whether because i was gonna say me and you are both from the generation where i remember being 12 or 13 this was pre 
um, what we have now, which is, I remember when like, you know, shopping websites, if women were posing in bikinis or underwear, um, mm -hmm. that they were completely photoshopped. Oh yeah, so yeah. Because that was the way it was for a while. And to the point where now, even now, I notice it when women have stretch marks in photos when you're like online shopping. Oh or gosh, yeah. you see like veins or just fleshiness or cellulite. Like You see like an actual, like real bodies and what real bodies look like. Yeah, I still remember that that was how it was for a while. Like it was, it was normal that, that bodies were photoshopped when you were online shopping. Um, and some, and you know, it was just modeled by one body type. Um, mm. So you never, you, you could never really, unless you had that body type, you would not know really how that item of clothing would look on you. Um, but that's, that's something so I was going to say, because from what you've said, because it made me think, I think something that is positive about the body positivity movement, because I do, I do think, I do feel like the pros outweigh the cons. Definitely. But one, one of the positive things I think is just normal bodies having more of a, exposure on platforms because yeah i think the thing is is that people or maybe you know i'm just speaking from my experience but i feel like i at a young age internalized that when you're skinny you don't have cellulite or you oh, don't yeah. have stretch marks or you don't have any of these things like if you're a skinny or slim figure those things you don't have mm -hmm. so then when you do because all women have cellulite you will not find one woman without cellulite like it's that's how we store fat it's just the way that our bodies <laughs> store fat mm -hmm. um you i i felt like that's then then i've i've had that experience where i've been like is that normal like i suddenly start like questioning yourself questioning right? it and like problematizing it um but then what's been great for me is like i've seen more in the body positivity movement women with normal bodies just having a space and showing yeah you can you it's you should feel good about yourselves at any weight but also what's normal in in a in a spectrum of ways <laughs> that you could be is to have these things such as stretch marks and cellulite as a woman like because that's mm -hmm. just how we put on weight like that's like that's 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 how we our bodies change like we grow you stretch and you grow yeah we grow boobs we grow bums and our body changes all the time it, you can actually store fat in different places but we store it as cellulite so that is normal thing so i found that to be a really good thing to come out of it just seeing women being like of any a spectrum of weights and showing that yes we have these things <laughs> this is mm -hmm. normal <laughs> yeah i think that is really important and it's just like not having to photoshop that and seeing people seeing models on online shops that like actually look like what everyone else looks like but so i think we'd say overall it's it's a positive it's a positive thing i i think i would say yeah but then like every movement has like negative things about it anyway but as a whole i think yeah the body the body positivity movement is helpful it is good and i think that like, is also important to practice like body neutrality and just like accepting your body and not always like fully loving it all the time because that's okay yeah, that's I fine honestly, I saw that recently a quote saying how body neutrality is a form of body acceptance and I really resonated with that because yeah. I feel like that's how I felt about my body for a long time what I just thought that could be a negative about the body positivity movement is maybe how it could be or could sometimes be or feel like toxic positivity you know how it can be Oh, yeah, I've been thinking about forceful. that a lot. Um, mm -hmm. 
or 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 I, like I'm just personally I could feel like I it, it if I tried to get involved in something like that maybe some days it would feel forced it would feel not genuine yeah. and I would be dismissing body neutrality which is equally body acceptance to just seeing yourself as just this is my body and I don't feel really anything strong about it this is just yeah. who I am which is perfectly okay too but I think it's something not promoted as much and maybe it's that something that could be a point of progress for the movement is that incorporating that mindset because I think it's not just thinking like I'm the shit this is I'm the best like I'm and no matter what and that's great that's a great way to think but also um it's not the only way if that makes mm -hmm. sense and yeah if you don't feel that way I don't think that's a bad thing I think mm -hmm. feeling equally like just being neutral about your body is a fantastic thing as well yeah I think body acceptance and neutrality are pretty much the same thing but like positivity goes a step further where it's mm -hmm. like it could be seen as like trying to overcompensate a bit and like being like oh my gosh I'm amazing I love everything about me um this is so great blah 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 but you don't really feel like that and it doesn't come across as authentic so people can't really relate to it so it's not like that I guess that's in to in toxic positivity that's where it kind of like plays a role but um yeah that could be a good point for the movement to start yeah. to, to grow it expand it incorporate more perspectives mm -hmm. yeah um we should move on to the next point because this episode is going to be long yeah so hi are we still here is everyone here is everyone still okay hey guys congratulations <laughs> for still for making it this far anyway so we're kind of rounding up so um we're not going to say all the points that you gave us because we don't have time but the question here we put is if anything at all what are you insecure about and we had my stomach um how people perceive me if they think i'm cool enough my first generational wealth and success compared to the immigrant generation before me which is so so interesting i love that point um mm. because like wow. sometimes i feel that but also i have my parents always been like no this is like something you should like be proud of and like be happy about like yeah. we're just happy that you're happy and at the end of the day that's all your parents want for you so don't feel bad about that um being flat chested i've tried to embrace it but occasionally feel like it's not desirable and again with that point like it it really like it doesn't matter but like, all of these don't matter and it's like you don't need to please like the male gaze and i don't really think a lot of men care to be honest um, no and also you've caught yourself by saying desirable because you're thinking yeah. about other people and not yourself mm, exactly um being overweight even though i'd never judge anyone else but based on their weight again that's someone catching themselves and being like no one i don't care about these things so no one else should um sharing my opinion with others I feel like that also falls under that imposter syndrome as well, like not feeling validated enough. But I'm going to put some affirmations um, in the link on our post on our Instagram for that, because I found there's this page, there's this Instagram page that we'll talk about it in the in the links. They do like affirmations, but that is a good point. So, yeah, we can put affirmations for that. Um, not being good enough, how I look and my general image um yeah so these are all things that don't matter and I know it's like 
it's really easy to just kind of say like these things don't matter but you feel like it's the most important thing um but you know it's good let's vocalize it there's so many things that people feel insecure about mm, but say it out say it to yourself and like acknowledge it and write it down and just like I think seeing it or hearing it makes it sound really silly at the end of the day because you're not going to judge other people about this thing and like it doesn't matter and yeah. again I think it's like being able to vocalize it and actually know what it is that makes you insecure is like it's something you can work on not like fixing it per se but like fixing why why you feel like that is a bad thing yeah like I'll do some now because we 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 said to ourselves we would do this we would do we would what we're insecure about talking about our insecurities and then <laughs> talking about what we love about ourselves to okay. show and you know get it out and realize that it's silly so okay i'll do a few i'll start i am insecure about my skin um my my <clears throat> acne that i have um on my face and back um I'm insecure about my bloating. I get bloating quite frequently. Um, and uh, that's just a hormonal thing. Um, and can make me feel a bit underconfident or just uncomfortable and just not feeling that great. But um, those are things that I've noticed. And, you know, I catch myself slipping too, guys. Like, I'll be like, Oh, you know, like where I'm just like, oh, this isn't like attractive, and then I'm like, uh, to whom? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> like this is just, you know, there are things that I think I think it's okay to want to to an extent to maybe want to help yourself, like in certain ways. Like I like for example, like right now I I am using some acne gel. I got prescribed to try and help control it um but that was after a very very big conversation with myself where I was like I want to do this for the right reasons I don't want to do it um because of uh, an idea that I will be prettier after it's 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 I wanted and then I decided to do it for the reason that I my skin the spots I got hurt and they left scarring and I felt like it wasn't uh, there are ways that I could have helped I can help my skin to stop kind of doing a cycle of spots scarring spots scarring and never giving my skin a chance to heal um mm. and also there's they they do hurt when I when I get spots as well um, and they take ages to go away so that was a conversation I had to have with myself where I had to make sure I was doing it for the right reasons which I think is okay I I, I think it's about finding what you want to do in your own body and having those conversations with your with yourself would you say it's more about like the pain and that process for you then as opposed to the image um i would i'm not gonna lie and say the image isn't a part of it but mm -hmm. i wanted it to not be the driving force behind it it's probably okay. about 20 percent of it and the rest of it is just that my skin can be painful and that the scarring was my main concern that I, my skin wasn't ever getting a chance to heal from the spots mm. It yeah. can be like months and months of scarring and before my skin like kind of heals. And so the gel it was a way to prevent bacteria causing more spots and giving my chance more my skin more of a chance, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I get so, you. I think acne is also like a thing that needs to be normalized as well. Yeah. Like because it is one of those things that you feel it more 
when you have it rather than the way people look at you because I genuinely I never think about it like but then like I'm not in that position where it's something I have to think about but um I feel like it's more pointed out by people who have it rather than people who don't if that makes well people yeah if that makes sense yeah I think just with insecurities like I think it wouldn't be Sorry, with insecurities, I think it wouldn't be um, realistic to feel like you're capable of overcoming everything to a massive degree. There are some things that will always maybe stick with you a bit. And mm. I don't know, I don't know what you think about this, Halima, but I think you just have to have conversations with yourself because I don't necessarily think that there's anything wrong with with make with doing things to alter them slightly if that's where you're at. But I don't know what you think about that. I think it depends it depends on what it is and it depends on why you feel the need to change it like why you're insecure about something um and I think it is okay I think it's okay to change it but again like it really depends like on what you were saying like where you at where you at (laughs) where you're at with it um once you kind of like come to terms with it but if it's something that I don't know if there's like another factor like other factors and why you're insecure about it and you feel the need to change it that it will actually like make something better for you then I guess go ahead but as long as you know like because with some things it's like once you get this done are you still going to think about it because like mm. I know like especially with like weight things it's like okay um oh good I've lost weight oh no now I have fat arms I need to make my arms like less fat or like oh, I hate yeah. my thighs or like those kind of things it's just if if it's that kind of thing then you know that you just need to work on like accepting your body and like stop like stop hating these things because you feel like it's what other people hate um but yeah yeah i just think image shouldn't be a driving force because i think that that could for me that's what i realized anyway i was like i can't Mm. go into this with that being my driving force for doing this because of then like I, I I don't feel like I'll be happy afterwards like it's got to be for real reasons that aren't about being aesthetically pleasing if that makes sense gosh yeah yeah I totally understand when it comes to that (laughs) yeah okay you go I go okay it's really weird because like I don't know I don't think it's so much of an image thing for me it's more like mentally because obviously like I think my whole life well most of my life weight has been it's been like my weight or like my body but um I don't know for the past few years I haven't really cared much and when I am like working out not in like a when I'm losing weight thing it's when I'm working out and like doing more things with my body and realizing like oh my gosh I'm stronger or like changes like oh I could do this thing I couldn't do this thing before but now I can it's more like that kind of progress or like I'm more flexible um but like for me that helps me with like my body image or whatever um it's more about what I can do with my body now rather than how I look and that's how I feel like more validated or like love my body more like accept my body more um when I can do more so I won't say that's I won't say like it's weight as much anymore when I was younger but I guess now and then that creeps in um insecurities I'd say not knowing enough about something Mm. um kind of going back to how we both have an aspect of imposter syndrome yeah it's like the knowledge but also like 
I go through like ups and downs with that because sometimes I'm like wait no I'm actually clever <laughs> like I'm in I'm an intelligent I'm an intelligent woman yes. um and I read a lot and I learn about things a lot like I love learning um so again like battening it like that <laughs> I'm trying to think of one that like doesn't just go away <laughs> um like I think I think sometimes what I say if that makes sense like not having enough conviction in what I say but then again like I'm trying to learn to care a lot less about what other people think I think of my opinions mm. um but I think that also stems from stuff like being on Twitter all the time and like seeing everyone being like so anal about um correcting people but I'm I'm really as I get older I'm really starting to care a lot less about things like that not like care about not being politically correct but just understanding that everyone makes mistakes and no one's perfect and a lot of people do just mimic um opinions of that they have heard from other people and you know it's not what they really think Mm. um but that's why we've all encouraged you guys after we talked about this in our instagram stories to name something you love about yourself and we've got so many lovely answers like someone said emotional maturity and i love i love that's a great thing um my massive hair yes (laughs) on their head and in other areas like yes we live (laughs) (laughs) on my personality i really like that one um i love my face i like that i like loving your face i like that whole like you can look at yourself in the mirror and be like hey hey you (laughs) what's up you come around (laughs) (laughs) strong legs from running which is good again it's like loving what your body can do um my hair is cute and so is my butt i like that one too um (laughs) i'm a strong person that is like i feel like that's quite underrated um i'm enthusiastic i know when to push through but also when to stop that's quite a good point about knowing when to stop like loving that you know when to stop because i'm not very good at knowing when to stop um but in my mind, we I'm know. like, I'm we like, know. no, that's the thing. In my mind, I'm like, I should stop, but let me just push through. Then I yeah. push through, and I'm like, exhausted. how many ventures do you have now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. Um, <laughs> did we say my smile? Did we say the my smile? Yeah, answer? that's cute. I really like that. My integrity. That's a good one. I've been thinking about integrity a lot because mm, I feel like. Yeah, like, I saw a thing. It was like being integ, being having like strong integrity is doing the things that you, doing th- what was it? Doing things that wow, you I do. This. this is great. <laughs> <laughs> You're basically, basically doing right <laughs> basically basically doing things behind the cameras and like not when anyone is watching. Yeah. Um. Which I liked because I like that's how I ground myself by doing like I think I share how many things I share I think I'd like to say I share about five percent of what I do in a day on social media maybe like ten percent <laughs> five ten percent are you 10%. serious yeah I I I know because I post a lot but like I post a lot of like memes and like reposts and this like random true. little things this is but true. like 
and it looks like you can see what I'm doing. That's one thing I like. Is I feel like it's a secret to myself. It's like it looks like you know what I've been doing that day, but you don't. <laughs> <laughs> like I get to choose what I'm sharing with you. Um, and True. doing things like just I don't know, just saying you'll do something to yourself and not necessarily to other people and doing it. Yeah, if that makes sense. Like that helps me feel grounded because it's like, I have something for myself and like I know like deep down in myself I'm doing this thing um not to seek external validation yeah i feel like external the need to seek external validation does like pull on like insecurities a lot yeah so you have to like kind of do stuff to valid for yourself to validate yourself and that's like doing things without telling people that you're doing them well i think you kind of touched on it but we were gonna round off with stuff that we loved about ourselves like you know force ourselves to you know get that self-love in but that's a really good one and I think I would say that for myself too um Mm. I think something I love about myself it's even difficult to say I'm gonna force myself to say it say it is is um is my integrity I have principles I have Mm -hmm. values and I am have got really good at acting on my feelings and beliefs um I still struggle a lot with offending people actually that's something that I've I fear that I've always internalized I'm always scared of offending people I'm I always totally scared of what that. people will think of me like on, on mostly on a first impression basis I don't worry about my what my friends think of me I worry about people I meet for the first time or the first couple of times mm, they think of me. that's a that's a heavy one that's quite big yeah yeah or like when you're getting to know someone yeah that's, that's when I'm that's scared. when it and that really, that's when it exposes you the most to yourself because you're like, really? oh my gosh, why do I care so much about this thing? That's where really? all my insecurities come out. You're triggering me right now. Then <laughs> <laughs> you go home and you're like, Ugh, why did I do that? Like, who am I? And yes. like, it's, one, it's the only time in my life, whenever I'm getting to know anyone, is, is the only time in my life where I think to myself, like, well, I'd be so much more, like, better if I just shut up. Yes. <laughs> I just don't that. I cringe I so much at myself. Like I'll get like hangover cringe as well, specifically. <laughs> where I'll I'll hear myself or something in someone's video, and I'll be like, "Shut that bitch up!" Like, who is friends with this girl? Like, <laughs> no, it's really funny. <laughs> but I am getting better at it. Like, I am getting better at like being like, "No, it's okay." Like, you know, don't worry as much. Yeah, and it's good. I like having integrity about things that I care about, so that like I'm getting better. At, like if if people say something that is against one of my like core values or beliefs, I'm getting better at actually expressing myself and not worrying how I come across more. I like that a lot about myself. That's I like good. how I'm driven. I I'm I create. You're goals very for you're very you're quite a um, driven person. Yeah, I think that's a great value that I've never really um, given myself enough credit for. I think being driven is a great thing, mm-hmm. um, and. I also think like your integrity is like one of the best things about you because it's very it's no it just is very like um it's very it's very evident. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) And physically, (laughs) (laughs) I'm a hot piece of ass. And you know what? Just a hot little something, you know? Like who is she giving you a little (laughs) giving you a bit of this bit of that? (laughs) <laughs> um yeah i just think i'm kind of cute you know do you know what you I are myself in the changing rooms and i'm like oh, okay 
I think that's so important. I think it's so important to recognize that. And like, I find it oh, not empowering, maybe empower. I, I love it when other people recognize that they're cute or like they're like, I don't know. It's just, I just think because it's so hard to just mm. exist. It's so hard to exist, especially like in a space where the world, <laughs> the so world is. To exist, period. <laughs> <laughs> in a space where the world is telling you that there are all these things that are wrong about you but like seeing people kind of be like no I'm cute or like no I look good or like this is actually fine or like yeah this 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 like physical trait about me I love um it's kind of like not inspiring but like it, it makes me feel good about myself yeah um, honestly it's something like a... I'd recommend for that is just I honestly you should I feel like everyone should just have some like naked alone so. time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is Lucy's advice. Yeah, my I, genuinely, I feel like the more you see yourself naked, the more you the I'm more almost, used to it. I feel like the more used to it you get, and that's really helped me be the most body neutral. Like mm. So I'm like, this is my body. I know what she looks like. She's cute. Like, <laughs> yeah, and just be like comfortable with it. I think that's quite important. Yeah, she I changes think her... now and again. You know, like which is okay. Like is she fun. grows. Yeah, but yeah, like I just feel like physically, you know, like sometimes I catch myself and I'm like, oh, hi. <laughs> Where are you going? Yeah, I love that. I love, especially when women do that. Like, it gives me, it genuinely, like, gives me energy. Because I'm like, yeah, in I a think, world where it's hard to exist. And I think it's, I, I kind of, another thing I love about myself is I will always gas my friends there. Like, if I You're think... so, you're honestly, you're so good at doing that. And sometimes, like, I don't realise I need it. Or, like, something will be happening. Because I'm, I'm so, so good at under, like, downplaying my achievements. And oh, it's, like, really, yeah. it's really hard. I don't know. I think, but I know why. I know completely why. I think that just stems from like childhood and like growing up and like being, just having this need to be able to like do all these things better um, than like my peers or whatever. But like, kind of, I don't know, not be as recognized for it. Um, but it is that whole like you have to work twice as hard kind of thing. I'm just like always yeah. been used to having to like do a lot. But it's also I think that's also one that's one thing I like about myself is my ability to like just be good at things, but like recognize the things I'm good at. I have never met anyone like Kalima who is so incredible at having about five different things on at the same time she is the queen of multitasking and sometimes she slips like let's not lie here i do slip sometimes like sometimes she's like it's it can be overwhelming or i'll ask her to i'll ask her how something's going and she'll forget i should have forgotten about it (laughs) that's the thing i do i do forget a lot about stuff that yeah done but I think she, it's just nice to write it down. I need do to do that. Fantastically. More. You have biz you have a business, you oh gosh, support you things, stop? you volunteer, you have a full time <laughs> job, honey. And also co hosting a podcast, like she slaps it. She slaps You're tasks doing that too. <laughs> I slap tasks. I backhand tasks. <laughs> <laughs> but that's one thing I like. I also like my creativity. Because like I'm one of those people who 
like I think I'm lucky enough that I'm like not to be like I'm naturally creative but like I am naturally creative it's a thing that I have been like from a very young age and a lot of the time when I like make art or like make physical things it's because it sounds so stupid it's because it's just like because I am constantly in a state of daydream I daydream a lot um my dreams have always been like super wacky it's always weird like the first time when I started like posting art what I this is this was my process I'll be asleep then I'll wake up at like 3 a.m and like draw my dream or like draw, draw what is in my head because it's like always a thing like oh I need to do this idea I'd wake up and I'd do it and I'm like this is really weird but like okay I vibe with it um like that's how I come up with all my ideas for everything it's usually stuff I dream of or stuff I'm daydreaming about or just like little things that pop in my head randomly um but I get ideas from like pretty much everything yeah. like sometimes it's overwhelming but only if I don't like write it down but yeah it's it's a it's fun she's having fun it's okay I like that yeah um yeah I also like I like my ability to kind of like turn situations around um and be like kind of optimistic about them um Mm. but not not in like a toxic way (laughs) not in a toxic way just like optimistic in a sense of okay I can see like the good in like situations or I'll have a I have like a little like I'd feel sad about something for a bit and then I'd be like okay I have to be grateful for this thing or like whatever um yeah yeah I've always liked that about you because I always think you're very practical like Mm. you're but you're all you're always thinking realistically about things you'll always be like yeah you can be sad like so when I (laughs) Helim is my number one for advice I will go to her she's my when I need advice I go to Halima that's what one of the many things I love about her because she'll give me what I'm looking for which is like the practical real shit that's gonna actually help me. See, I always hear this. I always get told. Honestly, this, it's like... not fluff. You're not getting fluff if you're going to Halima. You're getting the practical, real shit. She's very mm. empathetic too. That's not. I don't. She's not a brick wall. Like you're, <laughs> you're not gonna go. No, to her I school. think I have like a lot of empathy. I think that's like yeah, a big thing about a myself. lot of empathy, which is an amazing quality too. We haven't even mentioned yet. But also, like when I went through a breakup, Halima was like, "Okay, so like she saw me in probably the worst state." <laughs> ever I like, remember that day it was a bad day like not showered not eaten just in a daze I hadn't slept really and Halima was like okay so um you can have two more days of being oh my gosh devastated like that's fine but after that <laughs> she was like we need to start but, making some changes but you like you took the advice and I think like you like your snapback was so good <laughs> it was so inspiring oh my God, <laughs> like because you, but... you did it you fully like did everything and like just like you're you're so good at growing and I feel like you're so you're really good at no. taking on advice this is now becoming a things we love about each we're other we're just talking to each other <laughs> we're just gassing each other up <laughs> but you're good at growth when you see like a thing like this is what I need to do like you do it that you'd actually do it as opposed to like, putting things off 
Okay, we need to stop now. We've literally been talking for so long. This is the end. We need to end this podcast this now. So, <laughs> I mean, I hope if there are we any gave, listeners we left. Gave, yeah. <laughs> we gave tips. I think we gave tips. Yeah. Yeah. Be kind to yourself. That's all I'm going to say. Talk to yourself kindly. Talk to yourself the way that you'd talk to child you. That's what my therapist told me, how to like desensitize yes. myself. I'm gonna and when just you post. See in the mirror, oh. Make a point of going. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be a hi, not just a hi. A hi. 